Praise God. Oh, he's got it on. Um, I like to preach at this church because they always give me the earpiece, you know. And I love that because I have a natural tremor. I have an autoimmune disease, which uh, is causing my legs to have neuropathy, which means they die on you, and my hands, and then, of course, my brain. So whatever comes out today, you don't know. Uh, (laughs) But it's wonderful to be here. My sons, every once in a while, give me their pulpits. I have three of them that are ministers. And uh, so once in a while, they trust Dad with it. Then next week, you will hear a lot of corrections. Dad really meant to say this. (laughs) You know, he's getting old. He's a little confused about some things in the Bible. So, you know, they might do that. You can depend on him probably saying something. No. Uh, First of all, I want to tell you that we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And uh, Pete said uh, in his prayer, I noticed he said we probably have some repeats. (laughs) So if there is a repeat, I guess maybe you've been going through these one at a time. Is that true? Yeah. And so, uh, and that's good. But if you notice that when it talks about the fruit of the spirit, it talks about fruit, singular, doesn't it? Not fruits. Because when you look at the fruit of the spirit, and maybe we should put that up, huh? You know, I never know where we're going on this. Dan, verbatim, he knows exactly. If you say, you said this, and he said, nope. And I didn't say that, I said this. And he knows exactly. His dad doesn't know where he's going to end, (laughs) where to start, or whatever. But we hope and we know the Holy Spirit will be here present. But, okay, but the fruit of the Spirit, not fruits... Is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Dad said, uh, since you are not too good on this gentleness and self-control, why don't you preach on that? It might help you. (laughs) (laughs) Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. So we're talking about fruit, one fruit, with all these characteristics. It's kind of like a molecular structure made up of different atoms. In this case, we know this is God's nature. And God's nature is to be implanted in you and in me. And God's nature is to be manifested through you and through me. There's one scripture that has always confounded me, very much so. It said that in this, in the essence of it, kind of paraphrasing it, it says, if you can't love the person that you see, if you can't love that human being that you see, you cannot love me. You don't love me. And I thought, man, that's difficult, isn't it? It's different. We see this, though, in Jesus Christ, don't we? At the end of his life, what does he say? What does he say about this crucifixion and what's happening to him? What does he say in that? Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. We see a love much greater than what we have. Jesus said, if you cannot 
love your enemies. You are no better than the Issel people who are cutting their heads off. He says anybody can love. Excuse me, I'm a teacher, so I wander. Anybody can love the people that love them, their friends, their relatives. Anybody can love them. Now, I want you to know you're Christians. I I want you to know you're Christians. This is your molecular structure. And I want you to know who you are and who God is. And we sometimes excuse ourselves. Oh, I love Ava here. Ava is my sweet little girl. I love her and she loves me. And I love her regardless of whatever she does. And she will love Papa regardless of how ugly he is. (laughs) She loves me. And that's how we talk about God sometimes. Oh, I love my grandchildren. I have 20 grandchildren. Oh, I love them. I love them. I love my kids. Yeah. I did this for them. I did that for them. And that's what we go. We go to that point in love. But do you and have you been praying for the Issel people? How many? Raise your hand that you want them saved. How many in your heart have some bitterness and anger when they say they're they're killing the Christians? God says, if you cannot love them, who you see, who I said at the beginning of time, my creation, it is very good. He is very good. She is very good. Those that I love. Now the scripture says what? What does the scripture say? If you cannot love your enemies, you cannot love God. And what is that? Jesus, we like to say, but, 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 but. And Cliff Burst does, right at the front of the line on this. But, 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 but. But Jesus said, be ye perfect as God is perfect. Be ye perfect as God is perfect. How perfect is God? He sends the sunshine On those that despise him and want to pull him out of the heavens. And talk about the authority that you were singing about. Want their authority rather than his authority. He sends the rain. He talks about rain not being a bad thing. He sends the rain on those who hate him, despise him, want him out of their existence. He sends the rain on them. Okay, people. God did not come to condemn you. He didn't come to condemn you. He knows exactly who you are. And you can't deceive him in any way. You can get down on your knees and pray for the Issel people. Tell the cows come home. But if the love isn't in your heart, real love, not the facade of love, 
not the pretentiousness of love, but real love. He knows it. Is he going to judge you on that? I don't think so, only because of this. His grace and mercy is great. He knows who you are. Let's talk about this a little bit. Let's talk about the presence of God. You know, today, I hope that when you guys left here, that you're like me. I think I got your cold already. (laughs) I think that you'll be hoarse when you leave here. It would be a shame if that you left the Seahawks game, and that's when you're hoarse. It'd be shame to meet your God and say, I shouted the loudest. I had the most joy. I had the most happiness when the Seahawks won. It'd be a shame. He'd know where your heart is. He'd know where you exist. He'd know where your life is and consists of. I want you to know that the Lord is great and merciful to us. I want you, uh, as a teacher here, I'm going to give you an assignment, you students, and you thought you escaped it. Being in church, the grace and mercy of God should let you escape the schoolyard. But, no, I want you now, in your mind, an imaginary thing, I want you to draw a graph for me. I want you to draw a graph for me. I want you to draw this graph from here's God and here's you. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. It's like the pain thing. How much pain do you have? It's always you say, well, I'm a, I'm a man. I only have two. You know, my wife, she gets up in the eight and nines, but not me. But anyhow, no, that's not true. <laughs> Anyhow, there you are. Now, you're going to draw this map. Now, I want you to think about, and you're going to draw a line map. I want you to think how close you were to God this week. And so this is the first one you do. You just draw it. Here you go. Ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You draw it, and let's say you think you had a pretty good week. You didn't get too many hands when you asked, maybe. How many had a bad day? But So those guys are down here someplace. But draw how close you, you were to God this week. Now in your mind, think about that. I want you to draw it. Okay. Here's God. Here's you. How close did you get to God? How close? Forgive me, I have hearing problems, so when they speak, speaker speaks like this low, I would have problems. But, okay, now can you figure out a few of the days this week? It's another graph. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And now I want you to draw your line, if you can remember any of those days, Monday, Tuesday, I screamed and yelled at somebody, How close were you to God? Think about that. Okay. 
Where should your line have been? Now, my authorities are not here, but where should your line have been? How many had a pretty rough week? Okay, I'll ask you. How many have? And the line is down below the five, being close to God. How many had that? Yeah, good. How many were really up there in the eights and the nines and the sevens? Raise your hand. <laughs> Got two people. How many are Christians? <laughs> got two of them we don't have to no I'm kidding you okay where should your line be what do you think it is where is it nice and loud you're clinging you're desperate you're <laughs> okay amen amen you're right well actually you're clinging you know what your line should have been straight across Straight across. Why should your line be straight across? And where at in the tens? Straight across. Where I am, there you are. Jesus said what? You are in me. And I am in you. Jesus said I will never leave you. Now I didn't say feelings, did I? I had to make sure I didn't say, I didn't see how your feelings are, experiences were. I said, how close are you to God? See, you're always close to God. And by being close to God, you can always be under his attributes. Now, you don't always do it, but you should be under his nine attributes. Now, what is ungodliness then? What is ungodliness? What is under judgment? Anything that is not godlike is under judgment. Do you think imperfection will come to the Father? I had one person talk about uh, the Native Americans and the way they worship God also. No matter who you are, how you worship, and what your ideology is, or religion is, or whatever you think, you're not going to approach God in your nature. Your nature. Because any imperfection will be judged. You cannot come to God with any imperfection. Any doubt. Anything in you that isn't God-like. Put up the the uh, Galatians 5, 22, 25 again. This is God-like. We just said, and I kind of pinned you down, didn't I? You're supposed to love your enemies. That's God-like. That's God-like. Where do you hide if you don't? Where do you hide if you don't love your enemies? Where do you hide when the little girl that you love so much has been raped? Where do you hide when the loved one that you have, somebody comes into your house and shoots them in the head because they want something you have? Where do you hide then? 
Who is it? Jesus in you and you hiding in Jesus Christ. That's the great mystery. How does that come about? How does that come about? It's a statement of faith, isn't it? God will never let you get to him. If, if you're an agnostic here or if you're a Christian non-believer, which there are a lot Christians non-believers, or you say, how oh, that's a devil stand, that's a, that, that, that doesn't make sense. There are people who think they love God unless he doesn't do something for me. Unless he doesn't come across. And then I won't love him for a while. I'll be angry with him and, 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 and not care for him for a while. Listen, God is timeless. Do you understand that? In Revelation, he's timeless. What does that mean? That means before you, before God, every error, every mistake, every period of doubt that you had, everything that was in your life that wasn't perfect is seen right now. People say when they fall off of a bridge or something, they think they're going to die. Everything comes through their life. Just click, 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 click. They can see their whole life. See, that's what God sees. That's what God sees. But why are you at the 10? Why can you be kind? Why can you be loving? How can you be that? It's through Jesus Christ, in Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit. Now, you need the Holy Spirit in you. You need the filling of the Holy Spirit. When Paul, when Paul came to, uh, on the road to Damascus and Jesus stops him, blinds him, he can't move. <laughs> and Ananias, he says, Ananias, a, a Christian in Damascus, he said, Ananias, you go to Paul. There's a man blind, and his name is Paul from Tarsus. Go to him and tell him what I want from his life. So Ananias says, well, no, he's been killing us. What do you mean, go to him? He hates you. What do you mean, go to him? Yeah, go to him. So he goes to him, talks to him. But now we have, uh, we have Saul, Paul, Saul at that time, a believer. What does Ananias do? Let's pretend this is, let's pretend this is uh, Saul. Ananias puts his arm and says, brother, brother. Why is he a brother now? By faith, he believes in Jesus Christ. He believes that this person that stopped him on this road is Jesus Christ, and he's a brother. But is that where he stops? Ananias, is that where he stops? No. It's not where he stops with Paul. He prays for him, for Paul to receive the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit Paul receives, and it becomes part of his life. And these expressions become part of Paul's life. They become Paul, Paul, part of Paul's life, and he lives this out for us. Now, I want you to hear the Spirit talk to you through the Bible. Because you need the Holy Spirit. You need his resident spirit in you. You need, as this world gets darker, you need, and it will get darker. Why? Well, because of freedom. You say, no, that's not right. We want freedom. America's a freedom, 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 freedom. Because every man 
has chosen to do what? What is sin? What is the, what's the basis of sin? That says there's no law against these things. We don't have to put up a law against loving too much or having too much joy or having too much peace or forbearance. But I'm looking at lawbreakers here. If you don't think you're a lawbreaker, next time you go down the, the uh, freeway, just see how fast you're going. See what would happen if you obeyed the law. People would be honking at you. Beep, beep. We're natural lawbreakers. We break our own laws. We say, I'll never eat that chocolate candy again because I weigh too much. We break it. We break our community laws. Don't put any paper on the ground or anything. We break that. We break our city laws. We break our state laws. We break our national laws. We break the laws of human nature. We break them all. We're lawbreakers. Because of the essence of sin, did God say so? The serpent said, is this really what God wants for your life? Why don't you do something different according to your own will and own nature? And they did. And they didn't think that would cost them, but it cost them everything. It cost them eternal life. It cost them everything. And they lost out with God because they decided to be the authority in their lives. When do I have to end, by the way? At 50? Uh, nine? Okay. Okay, you say that again to me. It's hard of hearing. 10, 15. Oh, praise God, I got a lot of time. <laughs> These people will all be in peace and quietness and sleeping the time I get done with them. Okay. But the... the <laughs> no. But we're natural lawbreakers, see? And that came into our life. And because of that, we choose what is good to, to do. We choose, let's say, to go 63 rather than 60. We choose how to treat people. We choose how to function. And that self-will is carried away to such a degree that the more freedom you have, and some of you people now have telephones, that are in your hands. And those telephones, you have freedom now. You don't have to go, like when I was young, across the railroad tracks to the red district to see anything that's pornography, anything that's bad. You don't have to do that. And somebody could have maybe taken a picture of Cliff Burst going across the railroad tracks and going over here and meeting a stranger or meeting someone that I knew and could tell on me. Don't have to do that anymore. I can go in my bedroom, my closet, anything with my own device and look at and experience anything I want. See, The more freedom allows you think freedom would set people free to do what is right. But freedom doesn't set people to do what is right. And I'm not asking that you have not freedom, by the way. But the freedom gives the, the uh, allowance for sin. It allows sin to be magnified or manifested in your life and in your style. But God has placed in each one of you the spirit of God. Now, Paul was a brethren, 
But Ananias knew he didn't have the Spirit of God in him. He was a brethren because he believed. Otherwise, what is faith, by the way? Faith is merely a statement of belief. I believe that Jesus Christ is my Savior. I believe that he died for my sin. I believe that God is good. I believe that they will continue in me, and I'll be in, their, in life forever, eternally. I believe, I believe, I believe, I believe. Some people don't want to believe that and because, or do that because they want a feeling. Now, some of you, I had you have a graph, you know. I had you have this graph. And you were graphing according to feeling. How can you have joy? How can you have peace? How can you have love? How can you have anything if you're basing your life on your feeling you're not basing your life on your feelings you're basing your life on faith a belief that god is and god's good now if you do that if you do that you'll always be consistent in the sense of knowing that god is your redeemer and complete redeemer now i'm going to read you second corinthians 5 17 21 and I'm going to finish before 15 after, by the way. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. And I don't know if we can get that. It doesn't matter. I'll read it slowly. So from now on, we regard no one from the worldly point of view. What does that mean? You don't regard people according to their faults or successes or whatever. Though we once regarded Christ in this way. What do they mean by that? You don't regard. They once. Christ had all the body functions that you had. He had. He had to go behind the tree. He had to walk. His body perspired. His body would get dirty. He would be human. He was human. He was in that body. He says, though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is, capitalize, I always capitalize this, in Christ. You are in Christ. How can you be away from Christ? How can you be away from God? Who is acceptable? Who can approach God? Who can come to the throne of God? Who can say boldly that I've done it all? It's Christ. And then it says, because you are in Christ, guess what you can do? You can come boldly before the throne. Boldly. If you don't know this, you get all messed up. Let's say you're doing something you know God really doesn't want you to do. And now you have the spirit of God in you. By the way, if you don't, I want you right now in your own spirit. Say, Lord, you're not a liar. God, you're not a liar. You said if I ask, you would give. And I won't claim you're a liar. And I won't disbelieve. Lord, I want the fullness of the Holy Spirit. I want that in me. I want to know that the spirit's in me. I want him in me. I want to be able to have ears to hear. By the way, he's speaking to you all the time. That's what my kids knew. I told them all the time, 
God is speaking to you. You know how many rules we had in our house when you had to get home on time and so forth? Zero. Zero. Do you think that made my sons and my daughters run away from us and do rebellious things? No. It turned them towards God. It turned them towards God. It's not because of Sunday school. Not because dad sat down and explained the Bible to him. We didn't do any of that. We just tried to live those attributes to them. And we loved them and cared for them. And they wanted to know that Jesus is all that mom and dad care about. There's nothing else in this world we have that we want. But Jesus is enough. And being in Christ, you young people are in Christ. You're just as mature in Christ as this old man. I'm 75 years old. You're just as mature. How come? How can you speak? Come, you can speak the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How come? Because the Spirit is in you. And if you hear, he will talk. I talk to him all the time. I talk to him all the time. I was singing this morning, and I sing all the time. I, my kids, they amaze me, and my grandkids amaze me. They'll take a, 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 a leading role in a drama, you know, at uh, one of these colleges and so forth. And they'll do the singing because they're very, my grandkids are very talented. And they'll do the singing and they'll say the thousand words and so forth. And that's necessary to get through the whole play and all that. And I just think, when I was young, they gave me five words. Five words in a drama skit. And of course, I was the last one that wanted to be, I was under the, Yes, because I did not want to be chosen. But in those days, everybody had to do some memorization. Everybody had to do whatever. So they gave me the five words. Well, everybody else did their part, blah, blah, blah. When I got to my five words, they were all mixed up. I didn't get them in order. <laughs> it was it. But I'm amazed. But God can use you if you hear the words of God. I depend on God. I depend on God. I depend on him in this scripture. What does he tell in this setting? What does he tell me all the time? I'm all worried. I have papers, just all prepared scriptures, everything, blah, 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 blah. What does he say to me? All the time. I have my words for you to speak. I have my words in you to speak. I say, oh, Lord, I don't want that. I want to do what Danny does or somebody else. I want to memorize the whole thing, and I know exactly where I'm going and whatever then, and so forth. No, I have my words. Trust me. This morning I was saying, faith forever in Jesus. Faith forever in Jesus. Faith forever in Jesus. He made me whole. You know what I do when I hear that? I say, that's the spirit. That's the spirit. He's singing that song today. He's singing that song today. And there are many other songs. And I ask them questions all the time. And almost immediately, whose voice is it? It's not in your voice. Not a deep baritone. No, it's Cliff Bursch's voice. Cliff Bursch's voice. 
You know, and I, 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 I'm diverting, but I think it's important because there's some people who probably need it. When I was young, I believed in the Lord so strongly. I changed my life. I separated myself, and this is a teenager, from even good people that I knew would probably not do things good all the time. Not that I was good. But I always begged that I would hear the Holy Spirit. And in my upbringing, if you didn't have the baptism with tongues, they said you didn't have the Holy Spirit. And so I had that anxiety always in my heart. But what I said earlier... This is the truth. When you ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life, he comes into your life. God is not a liar. So he was resident in there, but I always had fear in my heart because my family that I was raised in said, you got to speak in tongues before this, as evidence that the Holy Spirit was there. So I was always looking for an experience. I was always looking for a deep voice or a godlike voice that would come. I was always looking for some sort of example that I was filled. And so I struggled through that time. And people, of course, Randy would know this. They didn't just pray for you a little bit. They prayed all night for you. And if you didn't get up speaking in tongues, you're a great failure. Really big disappointment to everybody that spent all that energy praying for you. (laughs) But I finally came to realize the spirit of God is in me by faith. That he exists in me and that I need to hear him. And what I'm hearing is my words that I hear. They're from my voice. It is God is using me and my thoughts processes, but he's speaking his truth to me. And when you start doing that, you start getting a hearing ear. And guess what happens then? The attributes of the Holy Spirit become yours. I will boast a little bit on this. I told her I'd put this in the middle of the room. Being old, one of my uh, tooth, my tooth fell out. You don't want to get old, folks. But anyhow, so I had to go to the dentist, and I'm at the receptionist. And I have, because of my autoimmune, I have a lot of dental work. So I'm there often. And I'm telling this person that I'm going to minister. And he said, what are you going to minister? Well, I'm going to minister on gentleness and uh, kindness, uh, self, uh, whatever. (coughs) But she said, well, she looked at me, and I knew she meant this. She says, gentleness, that's good, by a gentle man, by a gentle man. People should know who you are by the Holy Spirit. What kind of attributes does he have in you? 
what kind of attributes are being manifested in you. Now, I'll tell you what will happen to you very much so. When your wife or your husband gets after you, or you have an argument or problems with friends or something, the old dead person will rise if you let him or her, and she will fight back with unkind words, hurtful words, destructive words. Jesus says, if you cannot love those you see, how can you love me? You can't. Actually, you can't love me. You can't love me. You say, what? Well, we hide in Jesus who loves everybody. But listen, that's not what we necessarily should always do. And I told you this. I'll tell you what's going to happen. When you back off, it will hurt your flesh. Oh, it would be so painful. If you really do it and become obedient, it's going to be painful. And if it's not painful to you, it's not being done. Because the flesh doesn't want that. The flesh wants its pound of flesh. The flesh wants to strike back. The flesh wants to hurt if they're hurt. This is what we do. But God is asking you to be gentle and kind, merciful. What does Stephen say when he's being stoned? Can you imagine? They knew how to stone people. They knew exactly where to throw the stone to kill them. They knew when that body twitched and twitched like a snake because it has some life in it. They knew where to stone. This is what they did. This was their behavior. Now look at, there he is. Of all people who should have lost self-control, of all people who should have cursed back, of all people who should have said, God will condemn you, and I hate you for what you are doing, it is Stephen. Did what Jesus said. Did what Jesus said manifested this, manifested this. And you say, well, that was Stephen, God's special person. Or that was the prophets, God's special person. What does it say? It says the prophets were just like you. He's just like you. He had the fear, the anxieties, pain hurt him. His body hurt when he was stoned. He's just like you. Now, we are children of God. We are known as his children. And the spirit of God has come to dwell in each of us. And I'm asking you to hear the voice of the spirit. I'm asking you to know that God is alive in you. And you have to believe this. You have to believe this. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone, the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself, brought him to himself. How did he do this? Through Christ. I'm on the 10. See, you should have had a 10. 
He reconciled or he brought himself to Christ, the closeness. I said, how close were you to God? And you were saying, well, I was here and I was there and uh, that kind of thing. How close were you to God? It says in the Bible, see, you've got to believe these are words of the Holy Spirit. If anyone was in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone. The new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ. And he gave you the same ministry to reconcile others by displaying this to the world. He said, so that God has reconciling the world to himself. How in Christ? Not counting your sins up and down against them. And he has committed us to the message of reconciliation. We too are to be his sons of God, daughters of God, revealing God. We are therefore Christ ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore everyone here, everyone, you on Christ's behalf, on his behalf. His concern, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him we might become the ten, the cross, the righteousness of God. See? That's what you got to believe. If you don't believe that, you're up and down and you don't know what's going on. When Dan gets up here, by the way, Dan has an autoimmune. He would rather be in bed. His body hurts. His body struggles. He has a very difficult time living. But he gets up here, and I'm sure, I don't hear most of his ministry, but I'm sure he tells you that God is alive. Jesus is in you. And for you to go in, in, in power and authority. Now, that's true of my, my uh, oldest son who ministers in Shelton. His face, because he's got an autoimmune, who knows what it is. His face, he's lost the pigmentation here. Now, that's tough to get up in front of people and your face is white. And your skin is brown here, tan. What does he preach? Christ is alive. He's alive in you. God in you. What does he preach? That. My daughter had three stillborn children, and I can see them now, and I could hold them in my hands. They're just little, little, perfect in every which way, perfect in every which way. And you say, why, oh, why? And the third one, she felt that God said, I'm going to let this one live. I'm going to let this one live, but it died. If you watch, my daughter is probably the best worship leader in the world. Little biased statement there. But if you see my daughter worship, she's worshiping with all her fight, all her strength. She is not just singing and she's kneeling and doing everything possible. And she was a uh, basketball player and they won the state champion and she was the middle, the center of that team. But I said, honey, you can't worship God just partly. You've got to worship him with your whole heart. And that's exactly what she does. But would you worship? Would you worship? Now, when you have a still baby like that, you go through all the labor, all the pain, all the pain you experience as when you'd bring forth a live child. 
And so she had to do that three times. And then they put in her arms a little dead baby. Would you worship with all your heart? Would you worship with all the heart and say, God is good? I love him and I'll never follow anyone or anything else. See, the statement of faith, I believe. Not according to emotion. Not according to whatever. Those are non-believers. They are Christians, by the way. But not according to a believer says regardless. Job said, whether he slay me, whether he's angry at me, whether he wants to destroy me, whether he's out to get me, I will, what? Worship him. And believe he's a good God. See, this is who you are. God, by the way, will not let you get in the kingdom any other way. No, Cliff Bursch was smarter. He was just smarter than the rest of you guys. He understood the Bible a lot better than you guys. Therefore, he got into the kingdom. No. Nobody's going to get there by being smarter. Nobody's going to get there by being more clever. Nobody's going to get there because they have a higher IQ. They're going to get there because they say, I will believe regardless that God is good and Jesus Christ is my Savior. I will believe regardless. This little girl I love so much, she has made that decision. Every little child can make that decision. And you can make that decision. And the Spirit of God can come in. Okay. Let's go to the latter part of this. I got all kinds of scriptures I could read here for you (laughs) that are gone. One thing, though, maybe I just saw something here I should say. New creatures need a new spirit in them, a new operating system, not the old system or old spirit. See, and that's what you need, and that's what you have, by the way, by faith. You need a new system. God is not renovating the old man or woman. Not doing that. That old man, that old woman, they call it circumcision. You might, circumcision was the work on the old man. Make him better. Make him more acceptable. God's not going to work that way. Sorry. He's not going to work this way either when you say, I've failed so much. Oh, God, I failed. I failed. Forgive me. Yeah, you should be sorry. You should be sorry, but he's not going to work on, oh, I fail, and I'm going to do so much better, and I'm going to do that. I, I, the work isn't finished. I need to throw my card into the pot to win, to win it. i got to throw it in there to win it. Jesus said on the cross, it is, the pot is full. It's finished. If you're beating yourself up, because of something you do or don't do or believe, I want you to know the pot is finished. It is a winning hand, and you don't have to do anything else. The flesh is not going to please God, no matter if it's good or bad. It's Jesus Christ who pleases God. 
And you're going to have kindness and mercy and goodness. Well, we're going to, because I put conclusion on this, we're going to do it. (laughs) Praise God. Galatians, Galatians 6, 14, 16. As for me, may I never boast about anything. Except the cross. Except the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because of that cross, my interest in this world has been crucified. And the world's interest in me has also died. It doesn't matter whether we have been circumcised or not, trying to be better. What counts is whether we have been transformed into a new creation, it says. May God's peace and mercy be upon all who live by this principle of believing that we are a new creation. They are the new people of God. That's right at the end of Galatians. You are the new people of God. I'm going to say something to you that is the truth. You are the perfect people of God. You are perfect. You are perfect. Your line graph is always at the top. You are perfect. Do you know that? If you really know that, you'd have joy in your heart unspeakable. You are perfect, every one of you who believes in Jesus Christ. If you believe anything else, if you think your goodness, like the Muslims, how much goodness do I have to evil? More goodness, God will accept me. Are there God? Not? No. The New Testament and Christianity is that you are perfect in Christ. Now let you and I display his image by displaying these. The next time you want to strike back, let your old flesh die. Say, I'm not striking back. The next time you think you can't love that neighbor, let your old flesh die. Let him squeal. Let him cry. Say, no. There's a new creation in me and it is Christ's work thank you Lord let's pray praise God hallelujah thank you Lord thank you Lord thank you Lord Lord Jesus you know that I prayed that that your spirit this morning would infiltrate fill each person I thank you Lord that you have for so many of these But if there's a person here that believes that you haven't come into them to your fullness, I ask, dear Lord, right now that you accept their words when they desperately say, Lord, be my Lord. We ask, dear Lord, that you give comfort to everyone here. I thank you, Lord, for your joy and your peace, and let your joy and peace rest on this wonderful group of people in your name. Amen. Great.